Welcome back to an all-new, all-different episode of Aim for the Bushes. I'm your podcast person, Pavlo, also known as JPav, also known as Pav, also known as Pavi. And with me today is fellow special podcast person, Alex. I'm Dorator. Hello. We're back once again. I can't seem to get rid of you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Truly, I've hid in your I've hid in your boiler room. Uh, I come up for snacks every so often. Oh, that's what that noise uh, is. I wasn't supposed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're talking about tearing down statues. Mm. And uh, just before we get into today's topic, first, as you may very well know, if you're a returning listener, for which we thank you, uh, our non-legal legal disclaimer, which is simply that we are stating our opinions. And so you are allowed to agree with us or you can disagree with us. It's completely up to you. So we're not saying that we hold ultimate truth and that other viewpoints may be acceptable. They may not be too. That's yeah. the other thing. They may not be acceptable. So, you know, yeah, we rolled the dice on this one. We were like, where that disclaimer kind of went out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, tearing down statues. This has been the thing. I guess it's kind of calmed down recently. Yeah. But there's a big wave like of it's it. Been, exactly. I feel like it's been, uh, uh, you know, it's gotten more media attention in maybe the last few years, right? As stuff around that kind of thing has cropped up yeah so we're going to be talking about that in mostly like a north american uh context so within canada Mm -hmm. and the u.s although this has been happening uh in other parts of the world and it's not something new although like i said it has been something that's been more recent due to given events that have occurred within the last couple of years but it's definitely not anything new. Like I know in some countries that have had like dictatorships when those governments get overthrown, mm-hmm. you know, cause one of the things of like a dictator is they have like their cult of personality. And so they direct all these statues and monuments to themselves or successors or whoever. And so when people yeah. are finally liberated from that or they overthrow that type of government, they generally pull that stuff down. They're like, let's get rid of this shit. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, so more recently here, as we've seen in North America, there's been this push towards taking down these statues. So I guess we'll start with Canada because it's a little bit different in the U.S. and I agree with it. I mean, I, for me, generally speaking, like, you know, whatever the community decides that they want to do, like, I'm good with it. Uh, Mm -hmm. But in the U.S., it's a little bit different. And when we get to the U.S., uh, we'll talk about why it's a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's slightly more different. complicated, as most American things are. I'm looking <laughs> at you, uh, metric system or imperial system. Well, whichever. yeah, they don't use the metric system, and that's why we've had oh, a couple of uh, issues over the years, especially when they do like international work, like for space stuff. And we've had a few things mm-hmm. where uh, things. Uh, Oh my god, can you imagine you make it well. a thing for like the International Space Station and it's like the wrong measurements because you made it in like... Well, that's what happened, that's what happened with the, one of the, the Mars, I think it was something that was supposed yeah. to be on Mars, one of the Mars probes. One team, no, 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 one team was working <laughs> on, the, on the project from the States and they were in Imperial measurements and then the other team, I, I think they were European, they were using uh, standard SI units aka the metric system and then when they combine the project 
Uh, it like I don't, I'm gonna say it blew up for com- comic effect, but it like blew up because there was an error in like reading the measurements when they try to get it to work. Oh, that's golden. But yeah, so here in 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 Canada, what I think in Montreal, uh, the McDonald statue. Yeah, that's the big one. Right in the was, was it yeah. Place du Canada? I think here in Montreal, where they have that monument uh, to McDonald. I think that's I believe that's its location. Yes. Isn't it, I always thought it was on or around McGill campus, but I may be thinking of a different statue. Uh, well, there is the statue of McGill on the McGill campus. Right. So in Canada, this problem stems generally from the treatment of natives uh, in this country. So for those of you who are not mm-hmm. Canadian, which is the most, most of uh, our listeners, most of them are from the States. <laughs> Uh, that's like the largest percentage of our audience who are American. So this is some quick Canadian history. Uh, Fight me. <laughs> when Canada was established uh, as an independent nation, and then even earlier than that, when it was a British colony, the view towards natives was that they are the savages that need to be civilized. It's the approach that Europeans have took or have taken uh, in many parts of the world. So you have South America, obviously the African continent uh, in the Caribbean, right? The idea or the justification why we're colonizing these places or taking people as slaves or trading people as slaves is because in the end, it's for those people's ultimate benefit because we are civilizing them. We're bringing culture to them. We are improving their lives. If we didn't do this thing, you know, yeah. their lives would be worse off, which obviously <laughs> is not true because I don't see how I holding mean, people real, in bondage. Yeah is an improvement of their lives, even if there is a slight no, it, economic you know, you uptick you because of that. You can slice and dice it any other way. It's cultural genocide, you know, at the end yeah. of the day, right? So that was the approach that was taken uh, to the native population in the U.S. and Canada. But again, we're focusing mm-hmm. on Canada here. So uh, one of the foundational aspects of the Canadian Constitution is something called like the Indian Act. It's something that's still around today, although it's been modified when the Canadian Constitution was repatriated in 1982 because it had to come into uh, conformity with the the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. But that's a whole other story that we're not going to get into. That's really deep Canadian constitutional history and all that stuff. But the main thing is that a lot of the founding fathers of Confederation in Canada were, uh, you know, supportive of, of the idea that natives need to be dealt with in a specific way, which part of it was they were... I don't know if they were considered legal wards of the state, but definitely they weren't considered like as people. No, they certainly didn't have their own political uh, agency. Exactly. So there was a lot of, they were limited in a lot of ways they're forced to live. And this is still true today on reservations. Uh, I mean, natives who don't live on reservations, I'm not like, again, we're not hundred percent like experts on this. It's just give you a brief idea. But generally, if you leave the reservation, you lose your Indian status. Uh, which gives them certain rights and stuff that they're entitled to based on being natives. But it's uh, obviously it's contentious. So anyways, we had these people, the people who are the founders of this of, of this country who negotiated with the UK for independence. Uh, they're like I said, they were the of uh, the idea that, you know, natives need to be dealt with in a certain way. So part of the keeping on a reserve system, uh, basically outside of major cities. And then on top of that, uh, they had the, the residential school system. So basically the idea was to take the children or offspring or descendants of these native peoples and we are going to educate them, right? Yeah. And by educate them, we are going <laughs> to make them white 
slash acceptable. Yeah, we're going to forcibly remove them from their exactly. homes. Exactly. So something you know, was very like, traumatic. It was not something that was done in conjunction with the community to figure out what's best for them, how they can proceed forward. It was nothing like that. It was like, we're going to take your kids from you. We're going to put them here. And we're going to teach them what we think is important. Yeah, you weren't allowed to speak. You're not going to be able to speak your own language or practice any of your own cultural cultural like practices. Mm-hmm. Like So that was the main, awful. the idea was to kill the Indian and the child, basically, to save yeah. the man kind of thing. So it's like, uh, again, the idea of we need to civilize this group of people. So that is where the issue uh, stems from, generally speaking, in the Canadian context of wanting to remove statues. Yeah or rename buildings or streets. uh, Yeah. And I would would go so far as to say that like most uh, instances of people wanting to remove statues of, or anything like that uh, is in the spirit uh, is usually because that person was a dick in history. Like Johnny (laughs) McDonald was right. Like, because like, and we can talk about this more, but it's like you don't see people try wanting to take down statues of like Terry Fox, you know, yeah. uh, Terry Fox, for those of you who don't know, is a is a famous Canadian uh, historical figure. Uh, he ran across the country uh, to, to. Rem- to raise money for cancer research. the disease that he had. Cancer research. Yeah. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, it's it's always in relation to that person's impact on like uh historical racism white supremacy uh or other like bad shit that that statue represents in history right it's and we'll talk about i I know we'll talk about it more later but it's not like it's people confused conflate that idea with uh trying to erase that history and that's that's, I i don't know if that's necessarily the point of what removing a statue means symbolically right right yeah, yeah, we'll get into like the, the the justification that people have in terms of like being against the idea of tearing down a statue. But right now, this is just mm-hmm. to like set up the background because I know yeah. a lot of people don't know necessarily the reasons why. Yeah. Uh, why this is the case? Why why do we even have this conversation in the first place? Mm-hmm. And so McDonald is like one of the larger figures in this because he was uh, you know the first prime minister of Canada once it became an independent nation. He was also I don't know if he was the first, but he was a prime minister of the previous state, mm-hmm. which was the United Province of Canada, because you know when it was a British colony, you had Upper and Lower Canada, then they got renamed to Canada East and Canada West, and then they did the United Province of Canada. And then once it became its own country, an independent nation, it was Ontario, Quebec, and then obviously you have like Nova Scotia and uh, New Brunswick that joined, and then other provinces as uh, time went on. But one of the main architects of that was Sir John A. Macdonald the, uh, of the uh, residential school system. And again, part of the idea of dealing with natives was, um, you know, baked into the, the Canadian Constitution, uh, like I mm-hmm. said, with the, with the Indian Act, because that regulated how native people were dealt with by the state. And so, uh, I mean, you have like dealings with the state and you also have dealings with uh sorry by the state i mean the federal government and then also the provincial government so there's like a there's a a balance between those two governmental bodies that native people have to deal with so it just complicates things further and it then, really does yeah uh you know you have idea of certain treaties that have not been recognized or that have been ignored 
especially when any kind of valuable resource is located near mm-hmm. or on uh, native territory, because technically it's all considered sovereign. So any um, reservation that uh, a, a native tribe is on, that land that they're on is technically not Canada. That is independent land, but it's never really treated like that because one side of the equation has power and one side does not have power. Exactly. So if there's something of value that's, like I said, located near or on, you know, government wants to come in and say, hey, we want to take that. Or if they need to go through it. They need to, to go through it. Like a pipeline or yeah, something. Like a pipeline. Mm-hmm. There's no pushback because natives don't have any structural power within the Canadian system. There's plenty of pushback. It's just like grassroots. I, I meant like actual activists. things that they can act on, though, right? Like oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's obviously no, there's people no, there's, complain there's and supposed they throw to be up. legal recourse and play. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, but all the rules are dictated by like the government's absolutely uh, position, right? So even when things go to yeah. court, like the court represents the government, like it's an institution of yeah. the Canadian or American government. So they're supposed to be impartial, but realistically they all fall on the side of the state. So how impartial can yeah, you be? Yeah, true fact. The Canadian government has been fighting survivors of residential schools uh, or survivors and descendants of, res- of survivors of residential schools for years now to, tr- to not have to give them like monetary recompense or any kind of, uh, recompense for the shit that they did to them in the past, fighting in them, fighting them in court, yeah. fighting indigenous children in it's court. Been a long, it's been a long struggle for natives because uh, very quickly, you know, these residential schools were very um, just terrible places. Like, there's no real easy way to put it. Like, a lot of death, mm-hmm. uh, abuse mm-hmm. uh, has gone on there, and it's been kept from people just in general. Uh, you know, you ask it's your average person run. about That's it. Okay. It's nothing you learn in schools. I mean, you may learn that they existed as a thing, but you don't really get in depth into it, into what happened there. There's been a lack of recognition uh, mm-hmm. in terms of like the public discourse and the terms of public education about yeah. this whole event, how natives are like, treated in general. Yeah, it's definitely not mandated in the curriculum, right? Because, of course, the... Uh, governing powers that that create the curriculum well, don't want to don't want to look back and acknowledge that right it's easier to just not even put it in there yeah exactly so that's that's where a lot of the sentiment stems stems from so it's like native groups who you know see uh you know statues of people who are from their point of view their oppressors mm-hmm. right people who have done historical harm to them that's the impacts of which still last are still Still happening still are still in work today exactly today and will continue in the future so when Mm -hmm. you go out and you see oh look there's a statue of johnny mcdonald to the average average canadian person who you know generally was not the target of these practices and institutions that were set up you just look at mcdonald oh okay he's first prime minister Okay, cool, cool, whatever, you know, go about yes. your day. But to someone who's native, yeah. they could have a completely, I'm not saying every native person feels this way, but it could have a completely different impact. Yeah, it represents a whole, it represents the the entire history of your people's right uh, that have been just stomped on by the powers that be just flouted around, right? Like set in gold, set in, not in gold, set into metal that will last probably longer than the government that it's that created it right like nuts exactly so there's been a push 
to take some of these statues down or again to rename things that have been named after uh, mm-hmm. people like that. We say McDonald because that's one of the more prominent figures, but there are other people uh, who are there are other supported. Examples, examples of that too. Yeah, other other politicians are sometimes it's people not necessarily connected with uh, the treatment of natives. Sometimes it's people who were slave owners. So you have a lot of British slash uh, English, Scottish, however you want to categorize and people that have built their fortune with use of the slave trade, you know, during the 17, 18, 1900s. And because they're rich, wealthy uh, individuals or, you know, capitalists or industrialists, whatever term you want to use, you know, they get land recognition, they get things named after them, streets named after them, uh, regional areas named after them, townships, whatever, named after them. So some of it also stems from that too, acknowledging how some of their wealth had been acquired and wanting to change that. Mm-hmm. A, g- a good example of that, that I can think of off the top of my head is um, there was a street in Montreal that was called Amherst. Yes. That has now been renamed to Atatakin, which is an indigenous word. I actually don't know what it means. Though. I'm going to look that up. Um, yes. Amherst, I believe, was a general in the British Army who specifically, I, I believe he had a uh, bounty system for... I think it was like scalps something like that something if you killed uh, natives and you brought evidence of uh, of doing such a deed uh, you would be rewarded so it's also it's stuff like that too where it's like, yeah where it's like horrible treatment <laughs> in, in terms of like uh, government in this case the military how natives were were dealt with right and the kind of like inhumanity that was brought upon them in their treatment mm-hmm. and all that stuff so Atatakin in yes. the Mohawk language uh, means brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, there you go. So part of uh, this discourse, obviously there's pushback from people who don't agree mm-hmm. with the idea of uh, taking down statues, right? Like the big one here in Montreal is like the McDonald one. I don't know if it's been put back up. I honestly have not been in that part of town. It has been totally, it has been totally toppled. Uh, it's been toppled, but I don't know if, they, if they've no. reestablished it because I remember the when it got pushed over, I remember at the time saying they wanted to put it back. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if that's happened because I haven't been down there since it's been since it's been toppled. Which is a couple I years haven't ago. either. And this, yeah, this was in 2020. Uh, and the the article that I found about it uh, was like, uh, this isn't the first instance of this kind of thing. Like the top, the statue was like beheaded in 19, 1992 as well. Like, yeah, it's been it's not long subjected to like, oh, vandalism too woke now it's like no no no. this has been going on ongoing yeah even before it was toppled (laughs) uh, when i was working downtown i remember there was a stretch of uh, several months where it was getting paint dumped on it and actually was able to snap a photo of when it had blue paint on it but yeah so people were were like vandalizing it because of their dislike distrust slash hatred of uh, this historical figure but uh, people who are against the idea of taking down statues, again, these are the people who don't see a problem because from their point of view, it's <laughs> nothing that they've ever had to experience. So if you're someone who supports John A. McDonald, for example, uh, I'm going to guess that you've never had to experience what a lot of the Native people had to experience. So you've never had to have your kids <laughs> taken from you forcibly to go to a school to be mistreated to strip them of their identity essentially because that ultimately that's what the places like residential schools do they strip you of your humanity Uh, they tell you that you your identity by itself is not worthy or has no value of existing right so people make the argument that oh well if we take down these statues we're trying to erase history if we're trying to rename 
something named after a historical figure. We're trying to erase history because it's inconvenient or we don't like it or whatever it is, right? Because it brings up bad feelings. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's not really the case. Tearing down a statue is not uh, the same as erasing history because no one's debating, uh, you know, in this case, the historical role that John A. Macdonald played in terms of Canada becoming an independent nation or being this Mm -hmm. nation's first prime minister. That doesn't change. Right. This isn't the same as like uh, in ancient Egypt. And I guess in other ancient cultures, sometimes like you would have like one pharaoh who didn't like the previous pharaoh. So they would like try to erase every mention of that yeah. prior pharaoh's name. So that way you had no I was, idea. Well, I was like, I was like, I don't know where you're going with this one. That, that <laughs> makes it, Thank you for <laughs> I think that's what happened course. to Nefertiti, but I don't know. Yeah. It was off yeah. Top of my head, but it was like that. It was like, oh, we can't have this person here. So we're going to, we're going to destroy everything to try to, you mm-hmm. know, erase them from like the, the historical record. But t- the yeah. tearing down a statue is not the same as that. It bears no resemblance to someone's historical impact. Yeah. I can see why people would equate the two, right? It's like for the everyday person, a statue is a symbol of history, right? Is a symbol of a not- of a notable figure in a country's uh, or state's history. And you can see from other examples like this that, like historically, uh, the va- the vandalism of important important landmarks, uh, cultural landmarks, has been equated to erasing history, erasing history for some, right? Yes. But to your point, right? Yeah, removing a statue is not the same as a concentrated effort to like wipe the record of history about what happened, right? Like removing a statue of John and McDonald isn't the same as like you know denying that the Holocaust happened. Uh, not to get too fucking political about this, but like they're totally different things, right? The the power that a statue holds is that it putting it putting up a a symbol of someone who has perpetrated wrong in a position of like in a position as a statue, right? Makes it seem like oh, this person was a good and honorable person that they deserve to have something that lives on, uh, and that their memory keeps on going. Mm-hmm forever right exactly. uh, a statue is some is a memory detracted from the actual historical implications of the person of what they did right the average as we've said before we literally said it somebody sees a statue of john mcdonald they think ah it's the one of the first prime ministers of canada the statue doesn't say at the bottom of its little plaque this this person along with being the uh <laughs> the one of the first premier uh, prime ministers of canada also you know instated cultural genocide with it for the natives uh for the indigenous people of this country of course, it's not going to say that the people who made the statue want to celebrate this individual, right? Mm-hmm. And the power, but the power that that statue holds in continuing to stay in continuing to stay relevant breeds this kind of narrative of like that being the one facet that we remember this person by. So, if anything, I would say that keeping a statue of a person who has perpetrated wrong in a community is a kind of erasure of the actual history of what they did. Oh, yeah. You could see it like that, for sure. In its own way, right? Yeah. What I was going to say, because you touched on memory there. So, like, my view of statues is that they're, like, a memorialization of someone, right? So it's not yeah. history. It's not It's not the history of someone, because when you take down the statue, mm. that history doesn't get removed, right? That's so basically, when you erect a statue... <laughs> erect. When you erect the statue... <laughs> <laughs> Classic aim for the bushes. There we go. That's what they all came here for. (laughs) (laughs) When you put a statue up, when you construct the statue, it's to elevate an individual that you believe is worthy Mm -hmm. of being elevated. 
right? That's why you cast them in like stone or bronze or whatever it's made out of and saying this person is of some high value that we should all recognize. That's the main idea. So if you take that away, that the existence of that person or the accomplishments that they achieved or even the bad, whatever they did, that doesn't go away. No one's asking to, you know, revisionist, no one's asking for revisionist history. And Mm -hmm. what you said is correct. The idea of having something like that up is more likely to contribute to revisionist history because it kind of glosses over anything that the person has done. Right. And then we're saying like, oh, yes, this is someone of value. doesn't matter what they did or didn't do. But yeah, cherish this person. That's basically what you're saying when you put up a statue. Absolutely. And Uh, so it's not the same. So when people say that, you know, oh, you just want to get rid of history. It's like, no, it has nothing to do with history because that history still exists. It has historical aspects because, yes, the person was someone who exists and lives on in historical record. But no one's trying to deny that historical record ever occurred. Because that would be harmful. Mm-hmm. Like, Native people don't want that history erased because it's our, I mean, ignoring it doesn't solve the problem that they face. No. Right? Like, so, that would right? be more detrimental. That's the, that's the issue that they have now is that no one knows or not exactly. enough people care to know about what has gone on. So how can you fix a problem if you don't even know something exists? Mm-hmm. Something that I, I, I was looking at a, a CBC article about this just now, and it's like another thing that people say in relation to push but like pushing back against this kind of initiative from activists is like oh we you know we're de- we deplore the the va- the act of it right it's the, this is vandalism right this right. is a crime uh which i can't say isn't true right like technically topping toppling a statue or defacing a statue is in this, vandalism. In this case but some some cases they've been removed like by the city and that's and that's the thing right but the where I get where I get a little tired of the idea of like, oh, well, we can't we condemn we can't let this happen. It's vandalism. Right. That's a kind of to me, that's a kind of scapegoating. Right. Like it's it's the same. It's the to me, it's the same thing as, um, you know, tone policing like. Uh, yeah, OK, so a, a clever tactic in uh, like dealing with people, uh, especially used by like. Uh, management against like, and maybe we'll talk about this in our unionizing episode, uh, but uh, like for management against people who are uh, feeling, you know, or who are trying to get rights for something or like uh, who are objecting to something in the workplace is to police their tone. Uh, So rather than being like, then, then acknowledging their argument or whatever they're saying, if they come off as angry to focus on, Oh my God, you're, you're so angry. I can't deal with you right now. Like you're not, uh, this isn't a this isn't a bountiful. This isn't a great place for discussion. If you're like this, which is also a something they use very good emotional manipulation tool. Uh, don't please don't go out there and use that. Don't quote me by from saying that. <laughs> uh, so it's a kind it's a it's a kind of tone policing, right? To shift the conversation from why are we trying to do this thing to oh well, it's obviously criminal, so we can't even we can't even think about that, right? Right. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of like the same thing that they with with protests frequently yes that you'll see like oh well like people have the right to protest but you know if they destroy things then now i don't agree with yeah. their whole message so yeah they may be protesting oh we want the right to vote let's say and there's a demonstration or a march and then let's say some act of violence occurs like a store window is smashed so people will look at that movement and be like, oh well they're just violent criminals so they don't deserve mm-hmm. the thing that they're fighting for now because they've done something i disagree with which is breaking the law in some which way which is such 
horseshit. <laughs> in this case, yeah, because it it detracts from what the actual argument is. So for natives in this country trying to talk about the issues that they've gone through in their community in terms of being, you know, oppressed by the by the state, right? And if you're going to just take it down mm-hmm. to, oh, well, you know, you you vandalized this this statue. So all that trauma yeah, and stuff re- that you went through, mm, can't. Yeah, can't it, it makes it. it super easy to, to just totally dismiss yeah, it, right? Exactly. Like in the face of like, oh, no, we can't allow this kind of behavior, right? And the alternative to that, right, is like, okay, sure, if you decide to play by the by the rules, right, and go through the system to try and petition a statue to get torn down or go to City Hall to get it torn down uh, or, or removed, the bureaucracy and red tape you're going to face with that isn't is going to drag that process out for so much longer than it actually needs to go right and i'm not trying to say that like city hall has this conspiracy to keep up the god and mcdonald statue but it's just the way that the system kind of works right in some instances where i don't know i i think the alternative of playing playing it safe and playing it into the hands of what what the powers that be want you to do in this in this thing in this kind of in the face of this right is a bit of a like sure scoot to the back of the line we'll get to you when we get to you mm-hmm. and ultimately and a lot of the times they never actually get into it because there are other things that like the city has to do right reasonably yeah like like it I just said, defers the problem oh, yeah uh, like i That's said uh, yeah it's yeah it's, it's within the framework of the people that hold yeah. the power so they can go oh well you didn't follow our bureaucratic process so mm-hmm. therefore we don't need to do the thing that you want uh, you know, even though it may be justified, but then also you have like, if you take it to like a city council, you have people generally on a city council in the term, uh, in the context that we're discussing here in terms of like native issues, uh, unless people on the, na- on that council are also native, they're not really going to understand mm. like your position anyway. So you also have to deal That's with that where they point. may be like, yeah, okay, so you're saying that, you know, this historical figure, you know, has wronged your people, but we don't see it like that because, you know, to us, this person, uh, yeah. you know, like, he, you know, he was like the, you know, again, first prime minister of our country. Like, it's not really a big deal. It's mostly harmless. Like, who really cares? Like, you know, because we don't have, like, the type of fervor for, like, our founding figures like the, the U.S. does, right? Like the States you know? does, no. Like most people, like eh, okay. Like a lot of our prime ministers are on like money, and that's it. Like there's not a real big like this. This person was prime minister, so therefore we must invoke them to do stuff. Like you get like in the states where they always are deferring back to the founding fathers, especially on the yeah on the on the right, or they'll go back to like recent presidents or whatever to say, ah, yes, this is why we should do something. But you don't really get that here don't kind of get that uh, admonishment for for previous prime ministers i doubt most people could name 10 former prime ministers yeah seriously even five you know maybe the current prime minister and maybe someone like john a mcdonald because he happens to be the first one yeah but speaking of the u.s let's transition yeah to the u.s now because it's a little bit different here because like i understand why some people may want to keep a statue of certain Canadian historical figures, you know, whether or not they have perpetrated or been a part of some kind of bad thing in the past. Mm-hmm. 
uh, like I said uh, at the beginning, like whatever the community wants to do with a certain thing, if everyone agrees to, you know, okay, let's take down the statue. Cool. If it gets taken down through an act of vandalism, like cool, whatever. Because at the end of the day, it's just a statue. If it's up or not up, isn't yeah. really going to change any larger uh, structural inequalities. Okay. This is not to dismiss anyone who, you know, wants to remove remove a statue or anything like that but i'm just saying oh, no. overall it's not it's not the end of the world one way or the other but in the yeah. states is where it changes a bit differently for me because this this usually comes up in the context of the u.s with confederate yeah either soldiers or generals yeah. or in their very brief government history governmental figures so you'll have these monuments that went up to you know general lee or uh was it jefferson davis who was the first and only president of um the confederacy or the confed or the confederate states of uh, america mm-hmm. uh, and a few other i guess mainly uh military figures the difference here is that because this is in the context of the civil war these are all people who are technically traitors to your country yeah right literally like they seceded from the union and were like, we do not believe in this institution. We're going to, we're going to form our own thing where we can be slave owners and masters. Cause that is the, that is the reason that is, that that is, is the, the reason. reason for it though. I don't want to hear anyone coming at me saying like oh, states rights. Yeah. States rights to nah. own slaves. That's the right to that own, they want <laughs> to own people. Sorry. It's literally in their constitution like one of the founding mm-hmm. principles of the confederate states of america's uh constitutional ideals is we must ha- continue the practice of slavery it's in all their documentation yeah. so if you're saying it's not it's you're a liar or you didn't read you didn't, you didn't do the homework basically because it's there <laughs> it's not it's not people exaggerating or trying to make things look worse than they actually were no no it's there that is the purpose that is the only purpose they want to break away. So technically, like I said, they're traitors. So why after the Civil War was fought and the Union side prevailed, right, and all the states were brought back in to the Union, why, oh, why would you want to have statues memorializing leaders of a separatist movement that technically mm-hmm. is betraying your government? Like, it makes no sense to me. Mm. No, for sure. And like the the thing to me about especially Confederate statues, right, is that uh, it's decently known that like the majority of those were like built during the Jim Crow laws era. Right. Mm-hmm. Like as and, and not really realistically, not super as memorials, but more as a means of like, you know, intimidating African-Americans and reaffirming white supremacy after the exactly. Civil War. Yeah. Like it makes sense that those monuments are like super politicized. Right. But like, I totally, I totally see what you're saying. Right. Like if people are claiming that those things are part of their heritage, you're acknowledging a real, real crappy part of your heritage, my man. There's that. Yeah. You know, (laughs) like you're, 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 you've co-opted these images. uh, And this, this memory memorialization of a past that is so out of whack. And that says something more about the people who want to, who claim heritage from those things than anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like that, that says something about you. Take a look, take a good hard look at yourself <laughs> when you say that kind of thing. Yeah. Like I get it from like 
uh, a certain cultural context as mm-hmm. to why uh, you would have these things built. Because shortly after the war is, is done, this idea springs up of um, we don't really want to upset the people from this area because we just mm-hmm. had this huge divisive thing. It's the same thing you find after World War I, right? When you start to have like the rise of like Hitler in Germany, there's a reluctance to kind of like yeah. fracture this like fragile peace that has been brought now to go in and be like, oh, okay, we're going to do this now to stop you, to bring up this friction, to bring up this confrontation. It's like, oh, okay, well, we don't really want to push it in that way. So that was kind of like the same view after uh, the Civil War it was just kind of like, oh, well, we just fought these people. We don't really want to come into conflict again kind of thing. So on that level, I understand it. But I just mean like from more, I guess, like of a philosophical thing, if you are true mm-hmm. to your principles, mm-hmm. right, and you're a yeah. patriot of the states, right, and you're a U.S. patriot, I'm like, why would you want to glorify America. anything from the Confederacy? Because that technically is treacherous <laughs> to your mm-hmm. beliefs then. Right. And as you said, they were in response to things that were meant to be progressive for for blacks in the states. Right. So they were always served as like a reminder of, you know, to know your place, basically. And when yeah. you see when they're built, because a lot of these are built long after the Civil War is done, like 50, 60 years after yeah. it's over. So it's not even like this was done during the war, right after the yeah. war, like some might exist. But generally, it's like. There are waves of it, right? Every time there was this progress being made towards making blacks more equal or giving them, you know, economic uh, movement or progress or anything like that. It was like, oh, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. We need to, like, remind people, right? Not just blacks, but the other whites that, like, no, 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 these ideals we must uphold. And and the, the way it's framed was changed from uh its original intent to make it more palatable to uh the current people right so we move away from oh yes we want to you know codify like legally slavery but now it becomes like because when you get the lost cause myth where it was just like good old boys trying to like live out their dreams in like this kind of like noble you know fantastical kind of way they're just trying to be go their own way kind of thing and we're going to gloss over all like the subjugation and oppression and and slavery and all that stuff forget about that stuff it's more about these other broader broader ideals yeah and that that just proves the whole thing that we were talking about before about how how memorializing somebody in a statue totally uh puts an idealized version of them out there Mm -hmm. right the pe- people who are claiming uh, heritage or claiming like, you know, pride in a Confederate statue are absolutely like not getting the whole picture. Right. If because presumably if you knew all the treacherous, awful things that you're that these people that you're that you're saying should the statues of the people should be remaining up. If you're espousing that, like, I mean, uh, I guess that's your prerogative, but yeah, it's up to you uh, if you want to do it, but it doesn't look good. Like morally, you are bankrupt. <laughs> I, I, I'm so sorry. So because I because I, I would assume that the normal, the average person looking at these statues and going, hey, we shouldn't tear that down. That's a part of our history is exactly like that. Just think like the the time span between when I think it's also a historic it's a it's a time perspective thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like because we're in 2020 to my god now yeah. uh 
and so much time has elapsed. You're absolutely right. There, the 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 myth of what the Confederacy actually, the the actual re- reasons behind the Confederacy and what it stood for, have been muddled over the years from you know from people who have who you know are advancing uh, white supremacy, who people who are trying to like reinvigorate that narrative or change it up to make it more palatable, uh, to even just time passing by, time passing makes things harder to see in perspective well yeah you kind of forget because no one in living memory is there so you just get like the fictionalized romanticized idealized version of whatever that original thing was for sure for sure and i think in in any context where we're talking about statue removing a memorial of some kind it's always it's always important to exactly like that look back at the history of it and why they were erected, and what was what was done, what was the why were why have they why have they been put up right? Like, because if you don't get that historical context, and you let yourself be taken in by these by the this this romanticized narrative of what that means, right? And if you're not willing to see past that, what are you doing? Exactly. Yeah. What are yeah. you doing there? Yeah, I feel like a lot of I feel like uh, I mean I can't speak to people in the states, but I feel like the American South right has an idea of what it's about that has that is so so complicated right because of the very fraught history of what it stood for and what it was built on uh and the different the different kinds of people who have lived in it right um like even i don't even think it's just a black and black black and white issue like even within like white people in the south right that you have like the the rich landowning class and the poor white class right which mm-hmm. both deal with their histories and their ideas towards race in a very different kind of way right like it's so politically fraught so you can't have a historical consensus on what these kinds of thing means which i feel like lends itself really well to again this this romanticization which makes it a lot easier to defend the keeping of those kinds of statues, right? In under the guise of history, of historical context. Yeah, it definitely allows people greater foothold to maintain uh, the status quo and make those arguments to say, hey, you know, if you're taking down history, but even in this case, right? Like, even if this was actually history and historical and removing them uh, would negatively impact in some manner, just like, but this is not like a good, <laughs> this is not a good, history. No. this is not a good time to hearken back to though. Straight you know, up, like <laughs> even without, even without like the, the, the subjugation and oppression and slavery that happened, like just again, the more like the philosophical point that this is something that's treacherous to your country. Like I can understand people at the time, like if I'm a, if I'm a Confederate soldier or someone who supported the Confederacy. Yeah, I get it. Like, this is the thing that I, I believed in. But now that, you know, it's like over 100 years later, 150 years later, and I'm like someone in the South, an American, I, I identify as Americans. Like, why would I support the Confederacy? Because that's antithetical to the idea of the United States. Yeah. You know what's interesting about you? You, you just you've just triggered a little thought in me. Uh, and again, I, I'm speaking as a Canadian looking at American politics and history. Uh, but it seems to me that this, at least in in this in America in this in the United States, the Civil War uh-huh. was such an important aspect of their founding and of their history, uh-huh. right? That like they can't 
just or or that they've chosen at, uh, the people in power and, and historians have chosen to make that a focal point as to where the country is now mm-hmm. right like in any other i feel like in another in perhaps in any other country uh a civil war would be looked on as like oh a really dark time right like i we had a civil war it was really fucked up yeah. uh, we killed each other we don't want to remember that or go back to that mm-hmm. right or move past that but in but for the states like the civil war was such a f- like founding foothold for what america is for what the states are now mm-hmm. right like the unification of the country they can't pay, the american patriotism kind of relies on the idea of the civil war being what it was right which is why it takes up, at least to me which is why it takes up such a huge cultural significance and historical significance to even even those who are patriotic right like the descent of like D-I-S-S-E-N-T mm-hmm. of like uh, Confederate uh, Confederate states in the South is still part of why America is unified today in its own weird kind of fucked up way, right? I guess so. I mean, like, yeah, it is messed. Yeah, it does. Yeah, because it does incorporate like a huge part of like the American identity, especially in yeah. the South. And again, like I said, that was like, that comes from almost the immediate aftermath of of the war itself and instead of trying to I, I i guess what i would describe as heal in like a positive or constructive way it was just like mm. let's just kind of push past it and not like really talk about what happened yeah and just for the sake of like uh, kind of like a forced unity like okay we're just gonna force a smile and pretend everything's okay until we kind of forget about it kind mm-hmm. of thing and for me anyways i think that's part of like the racial inequality that still exists in the American identity is because there's never been an acknowledgement. There's never been any kind of period where there was like some serious deep reflection and into the problems uh, that the country has and has had. Like um, when you think like of, of Germany after the second world war, right. There was was, a whole process of like denazification. Right. So there was a real, like actual, like reckoning, reckoning with what had happened. Right. And you have like the Nuremberg trials, right. Where people were put on Mm -hmm. trial for like the war crimes and stuff that happened during the second world war. And they actually had to like, I guess this is more, I guess on like a philosophical level, but like the German people had to like, wrestle with like okay well what does it mean to be german now what does it mean as our identity as a people now that this horrible thing has happened and that's why like the the holocaust and 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 the process of like you know the nazi government and all that stuff like it's still like a serious topic there it's super serious Uh, you know today like you can't mess around no you know doing nazi salutes or waving nazi fly like it's just not acceptable there because Mm -hmm. they they I I believe like although you still obviously have people who are extreme and like still harken back and go back yeah. to it because you're never going to get rid of that 100%. But for the most part, you know, people actually had to like wrestle with that question and and honestly feel bad about what happened. But I feel like in the states that that didn't happen because like no one yeah no one in the Confederacy like was ever put on trial. There was no kind of reckoning. No. It was just kind of like. Ooh, we don't want to push on this now. We feel like this is kind of touchy. It would be like after the Second World War, right? Like, you you know, you obviously you had your Nazi supporters or people in the Nazi government. Like, oh, well, I kind of don't really want to bring. It's kind of <laughs> awkward. Like, 
they wanted to you know exterminate these because it wasn't just jews i mean normally that's the thing that's brought up but also a lot of slavs a lot of gypsies a lot of uh, people who were gay right like disabled like you know they want to get rid of all these people they were trying to make a master race you like know? hello <laughs> and then to go up to them after and be like oh this is kind of awkward like oh i don't really want to you know you don't want that confrontation right? yeah like, <laughs> Right. So imagine that, like, I think there'd be a different attitude, like in Germany today, be, if that yeah. was the case where it was never really recognized, you know, like the, um, was it, uh, where, I can't remember, but like, you know, where Hitler's bunker was and all that, like that stuff's like raised like to the ground completely. Mm. Right. Like even, is it the Holocaust Memorial? I think it's that thing. Like, if you look at it, it's so abstract, right. It's just a bunch of like kind of cubes, I guess, that kind of like come out of the mm. ground. Like, if you didn't know what it was, you you, you would have no idea. It's, it's a memorial to, to, to the Holocaust. Yeah. Right. Like that's how like serious it's not done to like, you know, make it make a big celebratory thing out of it. Right. It's kind of seen as like shameful, which is I would argue Absolutely. the right way to look at it. But in the States, they didn't take that approach. Right. It was like immediately it's like, oh, we have to prop yeah. this up. Because now it's part I think that's of the a identity. Really, really good point, Pav. No, I think you're you're you absolutely hitting it the nail on the head. Like, if if anything, after the Civil War, like the South kind of dug its heels in, right? Like, and we see that there's historical evidence: the Jim Crow laws with uh, segregation uh, that still went on until, and it's still going on still today until it, like historically right. until the Civil Rights Movement, right in the yeah. '60s. But like, Culturally, there was yeah. no like slavery was eradicated quote unquote right after the emancipation after the civil war but like the the you're i i I think you totally hit it on the head the impetus for that and the reason and like the treatment of african-americans in the south was never rectified was that that there was no healing i think you're absolutely right and i'm not and like i i really like your example of of germany actually uh but at the same but like it's kind of hard. Can you? I I can totally see the United States being very, very different place mm-hmm. had they like you know put Confederate leaders on trial uh, and like codified laws to make to to make sure that African Americans in the entire United States were treated equally right at right at the time, yeah. right. But I, th- I, t- I totally think, yeah, I think he got it. There was some kind of, I don't know, I don't actually know the historical context for why there was none of that push. Right? I mean, it's hard. But it to, never happened. It's hard to say. I, I, a big what if, at least for me, is what would have happened if Lincoln wasn't killed, wasn't assassinated, mm. right? Because that's one of the things is shortly after the war is done, Lincoln gets assassinated, right? So, and he had just been reelected as, as president. So he would have overseen the reconstruction period. So it would have been yeah. interesting to see what kind of policies, what kind of things would have been done, what kind of things would have been put in place to kind of, you know, bring about healing, both in terms of like, you know, the states, you know, fighting against each other, or people, citizens technically fighting against each other in this way. And then obviously in recognition with, uh, you know, the former slaves who are now free. Yeah. If anything else would have been, been done in that regard. But because he gets killed, that kind of shifts, right? Because new people come into power. I mean, I think it's still yeah. like the same party, but it's now it's different. Now you have different people coming in kind of thing. And the reconstruct, because that's what like reconstruction was. It was supposed to like rebuild. It was supposed to be at least. Yeah, but it got stopped because I believe 
when the new government after Lincoln was killed came in, like a lot of like the union, like soldiers and, and things that had been set up had been removed. So then the people who were uh, in power in these like Southern states or former Confederate states basically kind of came back and wanted to go back to like their ideals. So although they lost yeah. and couldn't form the type of government that they wanted to, they got like pretty much as close as possible, like within like the bounds of the law, I guess, kind of thing. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. They got their cake without naming it cake. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's what contributes uh, to this kind of pervasive nature that still goes on to this day because it was never any kind of reckoning or healing or any real mm -hmm. meaningful discussion around the reasons for the, the civil war. And so this kind of, you know, bringing it back to like the statues being torn down. So when these things get put up, it's again, it's meant to reinforce this idealized vision of what the Confederacy yeah. is. Right. Because I think there's, yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Oh, well, I was just going to say, cause there's a push to take down these statues uh, like I said, they're primarily related to the Confederacy, uh, but you could equally argue uh, many other political figures in the U.S. Uh, going oh, back yeah. to the founding fathers, right? Like obviously promotion of slavery or people who held slaves and all this stuff. You know, you could want to take all that stuff down, too, but there's no real yeah. push on that because I don't think like for the most part, I don't think the people of a nation want to look at their nation as bad as mm. being evil. Like no one wants to believe that we come from it's like hard. an evil institution. It's hard. You know? So, cause I know, I know when I hear like uh right wing, either pundits or uh, speakers or whatever, uh, kind of talk about this thing. It's like, Oh, well what's next? We're going to take down things of the founding fathers, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, people want <laughs> Sure. But there's no, there's no real push. Cause although because you always have to take things in a context. So look, when the time of the U.S. was was formed, or Canada was formed, or many countries were formed, and you know, current understanding of nation states were formed, like yeah, they had certain ideals, they viewed things a certain way. That's mm -hmm. part of the process. Like it's not necessarily right, but that's just how it was. Yeah. So you have to take that into consideration. That was the norm, kind of thing. So that exists. Uh, but with, with statues, I mean, the point that I'm making, and I believe that you're making too, is that you don't necessarily have to hold on to those ideals. Sure. Like, you, if you want to reevaluate re 100, 200, 300, whatever years later, and be like, you know what, we don't need a statue of this person up. That's fine, because again, it's not going to take away the history no. of a people or of a culture at the end of the day. Yeah, as per as per my um, symbols have a lot of power. That being said. Mm -hmm. uh, Removing a symbol doesn't erase the history behind it, but it does remove a lot of the narrative power of what that symbol means to people who have potentially been oppressed by it and people who support it and perhaps for the wrong reasons, right? Yeah. What I was going to say uh, was before, and you, you really got it. Uh, you're, you're hitting bangers after bangers today. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to, there were two things that I was, that I was thinking. Yeah. The first is that like in our Germany versus the States comparison. Uh, I, I'm thinking that like potentially the reason Germany was able to do that kind of thing was because they had been an established nation state for way longer, right? Like the history of the German people is thousands of years old, right? Or at least like not that maybe not thousands of years, centuries, centuries old, right? They've been dealing with their conflicts a lot. The States had barely been their own country when they went into the civil war, right? Like it was, it, they were in a different place historically. Uh, in the nature of their country. And so it was probably easier 
for them to just cobble something together mm. in the way that they did rather than do a whole top down like okay let's reinvent who we are right yeah. and in that same kind of vein uh my notion of, of americans and american culture is it's very much based in a kind of patriotism right yes. that's the reason we don't see uh people wanting to tear down the statue of the founding fathers fathers yes, very is because despite the fact that thomas, thomas jefferson was also a bit of a dick and you know <laughs> uh i uh, as well as others i can't i literally can't think of any other founding fathers it's okay we're Canadians yeah. talking about american stuff so. there you go as much as as much as they were also dicks right yeah. like um, the founding of the united states as a nation state was founded on this idea of patriotism right like of being proud in your country and so it's really really hard when you've been when you've grown up and been indoctrinated like indoctrinated into this what is essentially a cult of nationalism, right? Like, not to not to make it. I don't want to. I don't. Wanna, it, hey, if you're proud of your country, you can be proud of your country. Proud of your country, but, but you the, have like American yeah. the idea of American exceptionalism and all that stuff, which I exactly. Abhor. Oh my god, I hate so much. But yeah, right. Like the 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 kind of cult of nationalism that the states kind of perpetuates makes it really hard to criticize for for Americans to criticize their own country and face the facts of what it has done in its history, right? Uh, which again makes it easy, easier for people who want to keep up statues to of things that uh, that mean that mean making historic that mean making reckoning with the past and what that means harder to do. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's a fair point. So I think we'll end it there. Yeah. That's a good, good, good cap to our discussion. Our discussion on statue removal. So. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, listeners, for uh, especially all my American listeners, because like I said, majority yeah, of this podcast I'm, I'm a little sorry. <laughs> is American. So you had to put up with two Canadians commiserating here on American <laughs> <laughs> history. Let us know what you thought, but, uh, genuinely. But it's all good. So Alex, do you have anything you want to plug before we go? Oh, man, you know I do. Okay. Um, it's so as for always, I'm going to plug October Jones and Fish for Legs. It's a fantasy yes. adventure podcast. Uh, you've, if you've listened to this show before, you've probably heard about it. But it's a lovely little romp. Uh, I've do, I do the music for it, and uh, it, I've done a character voice. And Pav as well has a lovely character sure, voice yeah. uh, for season one. We're working on season two. It's going to be a lot of fun. Personally, uh, I've got a couple. I, I'm do, I do a lot of uh, music and theater stuff in and around uh, Montreal. Uh, with things opening back up, the band that I do that I do lead guitar for, guitar for, Favorite Daughter, has some shows uh, coming up, or that are scheduled to come up, like end of March, April, and May. If you're into uh, indie pop uh, rock type music, uh, give us a give us a follow. You can search us on all of our social platforms and on Spotify, uh, Favorite Daughter. Uh, and those are most of my plugs. Yeah, that'll do it. For this episode of Aim for the Bushes, come back soon for an all-new, all-different episode. Mm -hmm. I have been your podcast person, Pablo, also known as JPAV, also known as Pav, also known as Pavi, with me, uh, the fellow special podcast person, Alex. The music has been done by Mia Pearson. Make sure you go check out her stuff. You can find her on SoundCloud. Appreciate you listening to this episode. Uh, everyone, please stay safe. Make sure you get uh, vaccinated. And again, no war. Peace.